I can't wait to get started. Welcome once again to another episode of One Man Watchpoint. This is, of course, episode 98 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. This is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. And if you're not, allow me to introduce myself. I'm, of course, your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not follow me, especially over on the Bluebird app, where you can follow me. I occasionally tweet about things like Overwatch, the Overwatch League, and anything else video game related. But of course, I'd also love to interact with you. So reach out to me over there, shoot me a DM, message me, whatever you want, tweet at me, and I'll bring your questions, comments, concerns, topics, anything you've got for the show as they relate to Overwatch, the Overwatch League, Overwatch 2, of course, Blizzard games, video games in general, whatever you've got, I'd love to incorporate you into the show and talk about you on here. Now, you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And of course, I also encourage you to check me out over on the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, available on podcast services everywhere. Ready, Set, Pwn is your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant related in the Overwatch League. Now, of course, this episode is going to be called the Overwatch World Cup Returns and Other Missed News, as, of course, this is our first episode of the new year. We've been on a brief holiday hiatus. Uh, I think our last episode was on December 14th, so by the time you're listening to this one, it is just about a full-on month since we last recorded. So we've got tons to cover, so let's dive on in. I guess it's a good thing I have you to watch my back. All right, well, I already spoiled the fun, but our first article here comes from PCGamesN.com with an article written by Ken Alsop, posted on December 17th, which of course reads, Overwatch 2 World Cup to return in 2023, Blizzard announces. The Overwatch World Cup is set to return for Overwatch 2 in 2023, with 36 countries and regions set to compete in Blizzard's big multiplayer FPS competition. Overwatch 2 will see the return of the Overwatch World Cup in 2023, Blizzard announces. The major international competition for the FPS game has been absent for the past three years, with Overwatch League pros carrying the card for the esports scene. Now, as football fans worldwide prepare for the FIFA World Cup final between Argentina and France, wow, this article's a little outdated at this point, Overwatch 2 is preparing to bring together 36 national teams to compete for its trophy. The Overwatch World Cup 2023 is planned to start in June 2023, with regional qualifiers taking place to determine the top 16 teams that will compete in the group stage and finals in autumn 2023. Blizzard says that it will announce the competing countries and regions in January, at which time it will also open applications for each competition commission that will be responsible for tryouts and team selections. While it might seem likely that these spots will be dominated by Overwatch League and Overwatch Contenders pros, Blizzard is hosting an open tournament in February called the World Cup Trials that will net the winning players a guaranteed spot in tryouts for their team. Those who fall short will be able to sign up from March. Blizzard says that you'll need at least diamond rank in Overwatch 2 competitive play, although we suspect the successful entrance will come from higher up the ladder. It's always lovely to see an underdog story, though. Along with getting to see the world's best Overwatch 2 players in action, fans will also get a number of in-game Overwatch 2 challenges and rewards to celebrate the tournament as it progresses. Hopefully, we'll get our hands on some team skins as well. It'll be interesting to see which country's star in the tournament. South Korea is likely to be a favorite having held a vice grip on the trophy for its first three years, but they'll have to overcome reigning Overwatch World Cup champions, champions, sorry, the United States, who defeated South Korea in the 2019 semifinals before securing the trophy against China. The Chinese Overwatch 2 scene has only continued to flourish since then, so they should be considered serious contenders, although the recent expiration of the Blizzard China deal with NetEase has thrown the scene into turmoil. 
There's also likely to be some notable competition from the likes of France, Sweden, Canada, and Denmark, and of course, the UK will likely be there in force, hoping for a better showing than their disappointing 2019 performance. As Overwatch 2 Season 2 continues, the first notable Overwatch 2 patch notes of Season 2 are here, with Blizzard teasing a soft rework for Roadhog, alongside nerfs for Doomfist and buffs to newcomer Ramatra's abilities. We've also got a guide to all the Overwatch 2 Winter Wonderland skins on offer in 2022 so you can celebrate the season in style so there you go little pimping of their own uh, website their own articles there but the point is we have the overwatch world 2 world sorry Overwatch world 2 overwatch 2 world cup returning um of course this is exciting i believe the first season i was following the overwatch league since i did not follow the uh inaugural season was the last time they had the world cup and i wasn't super into the scene back then so i don't know that i even really caught it um i know they they like to uh, lump it onto blizzcon and things like that the finals um so i may have watched a little bit of it just kind of tangentially but i'm excited to really get into it this time and especially knowing and following um you know a lot of the uh professional players and obviously knowing the overwatch league players and and teams and organizations and things like that a lot more than i used to i'm quite excited to really see who uh who makes it what kind of teams are built um who they're built around and and who shows up obviously we know uh, as the article points out there south korea is no doubt going to be a strong contender um with the united states being a a close uh, competitor as well um and then obviously we'll see what happens with the chinese scene given uh, given the turmoil as the article so uh, kindly put it there given the turmoil with the netties blizzard deal who really knows what will happen with uh with the chinese region there uh we still don't really know what's going on and we still don't know if uh these chinese teams will be able to compete in uh the overwatch league let alone the world cup uh come come time for that it is interesting that there's going to be these sort of different rounds of of uh, i don't know preparatory tournaments and things like that um so you're able to you know secure yourself a spot and uh those who fall short can sign up for uh from march things like that so very interesting and also interesting to to see the qualification you know restrictions diamond and above and that kind of thing i'm certain it'll be uh you know mostly players who are much higher than that but nevertheless excited to see how things play out and excited to see who rises to the top so that's gonna be it for our first article moving on from there we're gonna head on over to everyone's favorite dot esports.com with an article written by liz richardson which reads overwatch league to lower player age minimum for 2023 in hopes for more quote accessible competition the possible start date of the 2023 Overwatch League season might still be up in the air after a series of delays related to world events and demolished partnerships, but the powers that be are still trying to make improvements for the sake of competition. Days before the free agency period is set to finally begin on December 23rd, after two rounds of delays, the head of the Overwatch League, Sean Miller, announced a new rule to encourage a more competitive environment. According to an announcement on Miller's Twitter account, players can join the league at the age of 17 starting next season. This is a bump up from the legal age of 18 that was required for all players for the first five years of OWL competition. Quote, As we look towards the FA window opening on Friday, we're excited to share that our minimum age for OWL competition will be 17 starting in 2023, said Miller in a tweet. In a free-to-play world, we want to make the top level of Overwatch competition as accessible and inclusive as possible. This ruling opens a swaths, oh sorry, opens up swaths of Overwatch contenders players to OWL teams. Many big talents narrowly missing the signing window every year and often sit on the bench for the first part of the season only to come in and make statements when they age up. League teams can now scoop up more talent from the path to pro than ever before. 
Teams are looking toward an uncertain future as negotiations with NetEase, a publisher that allowed Blizzard games to be published in mainland China, broke down earlier this year. Four of the Owl's teams are based in China, and a fifth is run by a Chinese organization. This deal may dismantle or completely reshape the East region in 2023. If no other delays hit the league, fans should be hearing more about 2023 rosters after December 23rd. After that date, teams can officially sign free agents, of which there are more than 100 from the 2022 season alone, and publicly announce Overwatch roster decisions. So we touched on a couple of important factors there. Obviously, the main point of this article being that uh, the league minimum is now 17 years of age. Something that I was a little shocked to hear, I always thought it was 18 just because uh, assumedly that covers kind of labor laws in most places. You know, obviously in the state, labor laws will differ from from, uh, uh, state to state, but if your team is based in another state, you can probably go to that one. So who really knows what's going on there? Um, but overall, I mean, yeah, I, I guess in a free-to-play world, it, like they say, you know, the game is rated T for teen. So realistically, anyone over 13 uh, could... Is it even rated T for teen? It might even be rated E or E10 plus or something like that. Regardless, anyone can play this game as it's free now. So as long as you have the means to get it and uh, uh, the means to have a stable internet connection, you can play Overwatch too. So why not lower the minimum age? Um, especially as they say, you know, competition is only getting stronger. Players are only, uh, you know, becoming more and more skilled at younger ages and everything like that. So realistically, this should mean we see more talent sooner than we had in the past. The other side of that, of course, um, again, it does touch on the uh, the NetEase deal there, which is going to be a recurring theme. You're going to hear that a lot in many of these articles that we cover. Um, but it is a consideration, right? I don't know what the labor laws are like over in China or in Korea, for that matter. Um, but I have to assume they protect uh, protect children in similar ways. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not really sure. But regardless, uh, she does touch on the uh, free agent deadline there as well, which at the time, obviously, the time of this article uh, was coming up, has now come and gone. And we certainly did see some announcements coming after uh, that deadline broke and everything. So with that said, let's move on and hear about some of those moves. The first one, of course, going to shake things up is the Boston Uprising. So here we're going to have an article again from .esports.com, this time by Scott Robertson, posted on December 23rd, which read, Boston Uprising introduces 2023 OWL roster, and it's the franchise's most stacked lineup yet. After years of mediocrity and disappointment, the Boston Uprising are revolting against averageness for the 2023 Overwatch League season. The franchise has signed an absolutely stacked roster that's easily its most impressive on paper in years, featuring MVP candidates and former champions. With the exception of DPS player Stryker, who returns to Boston from San Francisco for the third time in his career after leaving just prior to the start of last season, the roster for 2023 is entirely made up of players making their Uprising debut. The team released most of its previous roster and moved the rest to free agency this offseason. A former two-time champion with San Francisco Shock, Smurf, leads from the front of the new roster as the tank. Joining Stryker at DPS is an incredible duo, the former Washington Justice franchise player Decay, and a returning icon in Season 1, champion Birdring, coming out of content creation retirement. The Uprising has also picked up the all-star support duo of Lee Jagon and Iziaki from the Shanghai Dragons, two players who won back-to-back Rollstar awards at support over the past three seasons. Lee Jagon in 2020 and 2021, Iziaki 
Isiaki, sorry, in 2021 and 2022. The team that's been assembled under the Boston Uprising banner for 2023 is easily the best roster the franchise has ever put together after four seasons in the league. Since Owl began, Uprising has never finished higher than the top six at the end of year playoffs or won any stage during the regular season, and their single top six playoff result came during the league's inaugural season. With a roster filled to the brim with All-Stars MVP caliber talent and even a former world or sorry, former world champions, the Uprising will look to reverse their fortunes in 2023. Now they've actually got the image here um embedded as well with the or sorry the tweet embedded as well in the article from the boston uprising account which reads stars leaders heroes the at boston uprising are proud to present our 2023 roster a team of warriors with one goal in mind showing the fans why they call boston the city of champions hashtag boston up star all signing spending league approval and then of course they've got Lee gone striker smurf decay birdring iziaki so Really, really, really an impressive roster to say the least. Um, as the article points out there, they're just full to the brim of champions and 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 and, and MVP caliber talent. Um, really the you know, the only one who I believe hasn't really won anything on this roster is Decay. Um, and obviously we all know that there were challenges with Decay. Uh back you know back when i believe when he was still with the dallas fuel and you know those things that that reputation kind of plagued him for a while hopefully he's passed it i don't think we've heard too much the past couple seasons granted he's been with washington for the past two seasons and they just haven't been performing overall so i digress we we you know who who really knows what state decay what state of decay decay is in but anyways hopefully he can bring it with uh competition like bird ring and uh striker to uh to play with and against so a hugely impressive roster for boston i think looking at that roster and you know comparing it to the other rosters we already know about i would say boston has to be in your you know in terms of power rankings top four at least definitely most people's top fives granted we only know so much about most rosters at this point so i think it's kind of easy for a complete roster in any form to be top five um but I would say, given what we know, they are a top five roster, that's for sure. I would probably personally put them top four, top three. I think you could easily make an argument for them being top three. Um, but I do think there's, you know, maybe some dark horses that will, in my mind, I'm go I'm going to place them in power rankings higher than Boston, uh, at least based on what we know so far. But it also doesn't stop there with Boston. But we'll get to that in a little bit here. So... Let's move on, but we're going to stick with .esports.com. Again, another article from December 23rd, and again, another article from Liz Richardson. This time, which reads, Vancouver Titans kicks off 2023 roster by signing Boston Uprising alumni. Overwatch League fans get to celebrate the holidays a bit earlier this year thanks to the opening of the free agent signing window, which finally kicked off on December 23rd. Some teams, like the Boston Uprising, came out swinging as soon as possible, but its North American neighbors refused to be outdone. The Vancouver Titans responded by announcing its acquisition of three of the Boston Uprising's most promising players, uh, promising former players from, sorry, oh my gosh, let me, let me start that over. The Vancouver Titans responded by announcing its acquisition of three of the Boston Uprising's most promising former players, Tank, Punk, and supports Faith and Crimzo. They joined the Titans' only holdover from the 2022 season, DPS Aspire. 
Over the past two seasons, punk was a consistent part of the often chaotic Boston Uprising. Throughout 2022, the Uprising often played musical chairs with tanks and only found reliable success when punk was in the starting lineup. Considering punk is one of the few Australian representatives in competitive Overwatch as a whole, the Vancouver Titans may have just gained an entire country as a fan base. Faith was a less celebrated part of the Boston Uprising last season, but was a stable backline presence as the season went on. Before joining Boston, he was he had an illustrious career in the Overwatch Contender Circuit, playing for teams like WGS Phoenix. The same can be said for Crimzo, who was a familiar sight in the Uprising's lineup. As one of the team's most veteran Western players in the league, uh, sorry, as one of the most veteran Western players in the league, he can provide necessary stability for the Titans roster. Sorry, necessary. Whether intentional or not, Vancouver is slowly acquiring some of the Boston Uprising's best individual parts from past seasons. Earlier in the offseason, the team announced that former Uprising coach Ascoft would be the 2023 Titans head coach, while former Boston team manager Dennis Baroy uh, Matz headed to the general manager role. Uh, they do then have an update posted to the article here, saying it's been updated to reflect the currently announced signing of Crimzo as well. Um, they also then have the tweet embedded in the well, just the first tweet embedded in the article here, which says commanding our front line. It's the tank from down under. Welcome to the team, Punk, pending league approval and a nice little image of Punk there, of course. Now, I want to touch on two things here. Firstly, uh, the one thing that I forgot to mention about the Boston uh, roster that I just spoke about, in my mind, there's, although I mentioned, I already mentioned, you know, where I would probably put them power ranking wise. I think there's a risk of the ego factor, right? Um, the 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 classic, you get all the all-stars in the room together and they all want to be number one. And because of that, they don't necessarily work that well together. Now, there's obviously no denying that there will be sheer skill, um, sheer mechanical skill that will carry them to a certain level. And I do still think that that will probably keep them, I think at minimum, that puts them top six in the league. I think... More likely than that, they would still be top five. But I think where you come into problems is going to be, are they relying on that pure mechanical skill, that pure mechanical, pure individual mechanical skill to carry them? Or are they able to actually work as a team? Are they able to be a cohesive unit and, you know, get all that synergy amongst each other and really make it work? Do they have um, one of them or, you know, a 1A and 1B really commanding things and really taking control and directing the play, um, you know, being that shot caller and maybe, you know, sort of that, that backup shot caller, if you will, um, which in my mind would likely be Smurf. Um, you know, it's, it's very, very hard to tell. Um, because again, we do also know that we have some personalities on that roster. I already mentioned Decay a little bit. Um, we know that Striker in the past had challenges with, uh, with his, his, if you will, attitude and ego and things like that. He's got a bit of a reputation. Although from what we've heard around the league as well, um, I think pretty much as everyone has heard that he's, you know, kind of been reformed and he's a lot better now. But again, it really does, uh, you know, come into question. How will this team work together? Now, moving on from there. We're going from one Boston to the old Boston, the new Vancouver. Vancouver announces the signing of three former Boston players, along with the fact that they've already announced the head coach uh, of the Vancouver Titans was the former coach of the Boston Uprising. And of course, Dennis Baroy, um, former, I believe he was analyst or part time GM or something like that with Boston, now full-time GM of the Vancouver Titans. All around, you've basically got 
you know, in my mind, 60 to 75% of what Boston was, and you've just transplanted them to Vancouver. What does that mean? Well, in my mind, that means are we going to have a similar performance to what we saw in the Boston of, of the past? I really hope not. And I would have to say, I would have to argue that we won't see that. Um, simply because of the fact that we also know or have heard that there were some sort of power struggles amongst the organization. It seems like uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the organization owner and things like that, we had heard that they wanted one thing, maybe Baroy or sorry, maybe Ascoft wanted another thing. Um, and because of that, you know, they kind of had to in some ways meet in the middle, but mostly go with what the org wanted, not what, uh, what Ascoft thought would work best and things like that. And it also seemed like for the most part, when Ascoft did get his way and frequently that meant having punk in the lineup, things went better for Boston. So my one hope is that given all of that, and given that the power is hopefully actually shifting and residing with Ascoft and Baroy, and they're able to make the decisions they want to make, hopefully they can elevate this team and it will really see some success, especially compared to what we saw in the Boston of yore and the Vancouver Titans of yore, right? We know the record Boston had last season. We know the record the Vancouver Titans had. Um, neither of those teams performed exceedingly well. Yes, Vancouver has been steadily rising. You know, they are better. Last season, they were better than they have been, aside from, you know, the first season and a half where they were obviously top of the league. We also know that Boston has been struggling and I, I'm not sure if they were on the up and up or if they were kind of stagnant in the bottom three, bottom four or five kind of thing. But I'm just hopeful that they're really making something happen here and that given the free reign, they can really uh, see some serious improvement. But again, I said it with Boston. We're not done with Boston yet. I'll say it with Vancouver. We're not done with Vancouver yet, but more on that in a minute here. Okay, now we're going to head on over to sportsnot.com with an article that is uncredited but posted on December 23rd as well. This time, which reads, Houston Outlaws add Fearless to OWL roster. The Houston Outlaws added former Dallas Tank Fearless to their Overwatch League roster on Friday. Fearless competed with the Shanghai Dragons for nearly 10 months in 2020 before spending the last two years with the Fuel. The 24-year-old South Korean also has competed with Team CC and Element Mystic. The Outlaws' current roster consists only of one holdover in DPS Pelican. Support Lastro was traded to the Los Angeles Gladiators on Thursday. DPS Merit was acquired by the Florida Mayhem earlier this month, while Support Lep is set to compete with Pirates in Pajamas. And that's it. That is that is the whole article. Very short and straight to the point, um, but nonetheless, it conveys exactly what we wanted to hear. Fearless, moving to the Houston Outlaws. And of course, they've talked a little bit more about the other movement and things like that. But the point of this is Fearless, no longer with the Dallas Fuel. A big change up. Um, Dallas, obviously, announcing sort of at the start of, uh, uh, or at the end of the season there, that they were going to allow all of their players to explore free agency, um, which, honestly, good for them. I hope Fearless secured the bag and going to Houston. I do wonder as well, were players like uh, like all of these former champions in Dallas told that, hey, you know, we're not bringing you all back? Or were they told, hey, if you want a spot, you can stay here. Um, you know, you're going to get less money. Maybe you're going to get the same money. What's the deal? Um, you know, I would love to know the inner workings and, and the actual negotiation talks or, or what exactly happened here to bring Fearless to Houston. But nevertheless, we, we probably will never find that out. But ultimately, 
huge pickup for Houston. Do I think uh, their roster is shaping up? I think it's certainly looking decent from what we know thus far. Um, if you give me a second here, I'll pull up our roster tracking list from the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. So right now, Houston's full roster actually looks like this. Fearless on tank, happy on hitscan, uh, Pelican on flex DPS, and then Shu. They just recently, I think I'll, I spoiled that one. I think we'll talk about that in a minute. Shu being picked up on support. So they're definitely building a roster that will contend with some of the top rosters. Um, obviously, we've never seen many of these players play together, whereas a team like Dallas, uh, we had previously seen some some synergy between them already. But I believe we'll actually talk about Dallas in a couple minutes here as well. So let's move right along. Keep this train rolling. We're going to head on over to thegamehouse.com this time with an article by Brian Rockwood posted on December 27th. That's right, just four days after all this other talk that we just discussed. With an article that reads, Vancouver Titans signed DPS sugar-free. Don't look now, but the Vancouver Titans may have just made their biggest signing since the runway, runaway days. On Tuesday, December 27th, the Vancouver Titans announced their signing of DPS Sugarfree. Sugarfree has been in the Overwatch scene since 2018, but has finally become eligible to play later this month. That's kind of hilarious. In a crowded free agency pool, the Vancouver Titans found a way to steal away a premier talent like Sugarfree. The Titans have failed to eclipse five wins since 2020, where they managed to find six. Titans fans have been hoping for a move that would finally turn this team into a competitor. There have been bits and pieces that have joined the roster which appeared to help the cause, however, nothing has given long-lasting success. Sugarfree could very well be the key to the Vancouver puzzle. A young player has played the young player has played on several different contenders rosters, with his most notable performances being with the Atlanta Academy. On the Atlanta Reigns Academy team, Sugarfree led the roster to a first-place finish in North American Contenders and a second-place finish in the Contenders Gauntlet. The major storyline to follow with this signing is the absence of Sugarfree from competitive Overwatch from the past year. In fact, Sugarfree had stepped away from Overwatch to pursue a potential career in Valorant. However, with the introduction of Overwatch 2, it appeared that Sugarfree found himself grinding the ranked ladder once again. Sugarfree joins Aspire as the Vancouver DPS members. So there you go. Uh, that's the the probably one of the more exciting announcements from Vancouver. Obviously, I talked about the Boston signings, and although that was exciting and it was you know a whole bunch of announcements in one kind of thing, I don't think any of those players were the most hype players. Although many people I do think are excited to see Punk and uh, also happy to see Crimzo coming back to you know north of the border where he's from. I think this one is the one that really surprised people. Um, obviously, the article highlights there that Sugarfree hasn't been playing uh, this past season or past year, but ultimately, um, when he was playing, he was a an impressive talent on uh, the rosters he did play for. If you go check out his Liquipedia page, uh, he's mostly first, second, third place uh, finishes with the teams that he was with and the competitions he was in. So very exciting stuff there. I really do hope uh, that he can work well with Aspire and obviously uh, with some of the leadership that's going to be provided with, uh, you know, players like Punk and Crimzo there. I'm hopeful that this is going to shake things up. They could really have a strong DPS lineup uh, on the Vancouver Titans. The real question is, how has Sugarfree held up over the past uh, you know, season where he hasn't been playing? So in any case, I'm very excited to see what Vancouver does with this lineup now. Does that bump them you know, up to a level where they compete with the Boston Uprising's current roster? No, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't really say right now, just on paper, that they would uh, be... Uh, beating a Boston Uprising roster. Do I think they could be competitive against them with the right meta? You know, maybe. Um, but ultimately, I mean, 
paper, just judging on paper, I think Boston Uprising is still ahead of these guys. Um, but I'm hopeful that this this shakeup and, uh, you know, given some good direction, some good coaching, and some good synergy, I'm hopeful that this could mean great things for Vancouver. Now, moving on from there, one thing that I actually, you know what, I don't see an article on it. I actually don't see an article on it, so I'm just going to spoil it now. But when I was talking about the rosters there with Houston, um, the Dallas Fuel did also announce their roster. You know what? I just realized I don't see two, two different ones here. Let me check something real quick here. Uh, Boston Uprising. Okay, you know what? So what we'll actually do is we'll cover a few other signings in the um, in the Overwatch League 2023 offseason trade tracker. A couple of big ones that apparently I didn't grab an article for, but uh, hey, it's the first first episode back from the break, so you know, just, just hang out, just, just chill for now. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Fusion, or should I say, the Soul Infernal. We're gonna head on over to dottiesports.com with an article posted on December 30th, written by Scott. Robertson, which reads, Philadelphia Fusion rebrands to Seoul Infernal, joins Dynasty in Korean capital for 2023 Owl season and beyond. And the byline here is, so long, Philly. The Philadelphia Fusion has officially rebranded ahead of the 2023 Overwatch League season, taking on the name Seoul Infernal and making the move to South Korea official, the team announced today. In a press release from today, the owners in Comcast Spec... Spectacore, sorry, I wanted to say Spectator... Comcast Spectacore said that the franchise will move its operations to Seoul immediately, bringing the former Fusion team closer to its sister organization in T1, which Comcast Spectacore also operates in a joint venture with SK Telecom. The Inferno will remain, retain all the, quote, ownership, management, and roster of currently signed players from Fusion, while also promising to bring in new player additions to fill out the team before the start of the 2023 season, according to the press release. The team also plans to unveil fresh logos, new jerseys, and more soon. As the Fusion, the team has already been operating out of South Korea uh, since early 2020, following the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. The team in previous years has competed with a mix of international talent, but during the 2022 season, they complete, competed solely with Korean players for the first time. One of the team's star players from last year, Carpe, recently retired from pro play to pursue a pro Valorant opportunity with T1. The newly rebranded Seoul Inferno will join the Seoul Dynasty in South Korea's capital, joining the likes of, the Los, Ange of Los Angeles when it comes to two teams competing in the same city. They have competing in air quotes here. But since the start of the 2021 season, the LA Valiant has based its operations in the East as well, running with primarily Chinese-slash-Korean rosters over the past two seasons. The Seoul Inferno will be the second OWL team to relocate during, uh, sorry, prior to the 2023 season after the Paris Eternal announced its plans to move to Las Vegas before the league's sixth season begins. So there you have it. The Philadelphia Fusion are no more. No more orange and black. No more, I don't know, Sick logo. I really liked the the Philadelphia Fusion's uh, uh, logo there, com combining the the F uh, for Fusion with the P for Philly in the middle of this sort of nuclear, uh, whatever you want to call it, nucleus kind of dealio. I thought it was a very cool uh, organization. Lots of success there. Obviously, a dedicated fan base, um, a loyal fan base, and by all means, a pretty pissed off fan base, it sounds like. Um, all of the scuttlebutt on the internet and uh, in the Overwatch scene was pretty much uh philly fans being upset about this um sure there are some people who are not so negative on it and who will continue to support the team and will just you know become soul infernal fans um but i think there was definitely a uh 
a majority of Philly fans that were not so thrilled to see this because obviously they're losing their their team um, and I do think the region thing has some form of identity with people right um, I've talked about it many times before for myself when I first wanted to get into the league I looked at the league and obviously er, and said to myself well obviously I have to cheer for a Canadian team being that I am Canadian and I live in Canada um, and then I looked at the two Canadian teams and I said okay well um, you know, I'm based in Alberta. I look to the West and I see the Vancouver Titans. Um, well, guess what? A, a person from Calgary cannot simply cannot cheer for a Vancouver team. That's that's just not going to happen. Then I looked to the East and I saw the Toronto Defiant and I said, well, guess what? Nobody outside of Toronto will cheer for Toronto. Um, and then I said, okay, well, I'm not going to cheer for either of these teams, but I got to cheer for one of them. So how am I going to pick? So I looked at the standings and I saw naturally, uh, as I mentioned, I did not start following the league in the inaugural season, but I did follow it the first season. Vancouver was a team and guess what team was pretty successful that season. That's right. The Vancouver Titans. So I said, okay, which team is higher in the standings? Oh, Vancouver is almost on top. Well, let's cheer for them. And naturally I became a Vancouver Titans fan. Um, my point is, the regional thing, I do think it plays a significant part in gaining fans, in building communities, um, and in ultimately helping people decide who they're going to follow. Now, obviously, I'm much more in the weeds now, and I typically uh, cheer for teams that players that I like are on instead, um, although there are a few organizations that I actually like the organization and sort of the community they've built a little bit more nowadays. A um, couple that come to mind, I mean, are in fact the Toronto Defiant, but the other one is, of course, the Florida Mayhem that I am somehow a fan of. But, uh, but anyways, point is the Philadelphia Fusion become the Soul Infernal. Soul basically copies Vancouver's uh, logo in making their logo, which, okay, fine, that's sure, it is what it is. Um, but you know, that's besides the point. A lot of people in Philly were not so happy about this. A lot of people outside of Philly, yeah, probably don't really care that much. Um, I could easily see myself cheering for the Soul Infernal. I do like just the fact that we have a quote-unquote new team, um, and especially one that I think there are higher hopes for than the Vegas Eternal, of course. Vegas being sort of the mirror to this, moving from uh, Paris, as the article points out there. But of course, the thing about Vegas is they already have announced uh, most of their roster, I believe. And uh, while they are keeping some pieces from the past roster, it's also not uh, leaving much to uh, be inspired by. Other than, of course, their head coach. So I digress. The point is, Philly is no more. Seoul now has two teams, and we'll see what happens from there. Let's move on. This time, we're going to head over to thegamehouse.com with an article by Brian Rockwood yet again, posted on December 30th, also updated on December 30th, which reads, Atlanta Rain signs, supports Chio and Fielder for 2023 season. The Atlanta Rain were the first team to make a move this offseason, and it looks like they will be one of the first to have their entire roster set for 2023. On Friday, December 23rd, the Atlanta Rain announced the addition of two new support players, both from the Dallas Fuel. Fielder and Chio are headed to Atlanta for the next season of the Overwatch League. Fielder spent the past two years with the Dallas Fuel, while Chi with Chio leaving Dallas after his rookie season. Fielder joined the Overwatch League in 2020 with the Paris Eternal. Fielder gained popularity around the league after his impressive performances despite playing on incredibly high ping. After just a year with Paris, Fielder moved to the States to play for the Dallas Fuel. He continued to succeed and received Roll Star Awards in both years with the Dallas Fuel. Chio joined the Dallas Fuel in 2022 after finding success in Korean contenders. 
While the start of his rookie campaign was relatively quiet, Chio really came into his own towards the back half of the year. Chio stepped up and was rewarded with, uh, for his efforts with a Roll Star Award alongside Fielder. The two now head to Atlanta in the hopes to recreate their success from 2022. The Atlanta Reign have almost completely retooled their roster in order to find, a more, con- find more consistent performances in 2023. Fielder and Chio join Vigilante in the Atlanta Reign backline. So there you go, some uh, sort of a veteran presence uh, in Fielder and a less so veteran presence in Chio um, joining the Atlanta Reign. And if I pull up the Atlanta Reign's roster, we actually do now have a full, complete picture of what their roster will look like. So of course, on the tank side of things, they have Hawk on the Hitscan DPS. They have Lip from the Shanghai Dragons on the Flex DPS. They have Stalker from the Soul Dynasty on support they have chio and then on sorry main support and then on flex support they have fielder and vigilante chio and fielder coming from the dallas fuel and vigilante coming from am i correct in saying the yes i was correct uh coming from the atlanta rain so obviously a a holdover along with hawk on the tank line now again that's a full roster we got two four six players that's the league minimum i wouldn't be surprised at all if we see another tank being signed to the roster given the fact that, of course, Hawk is the outlier here, um, being the only North American player with uh, a team built primarily of Easterners. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that we haven't seen this work before and we haven't seen this happen before. Um, San Francisco Shock obviously famously has lots of success with mixed rosters, um, as, as do other teams. But in any case, the point is I wouldn't be surprised to see another tank signed uh, to this roster. But ultimately, Atlanta looking pretty scary. And again, I do the same exercise here. If we put Atlanta up against the uh, Boston Uprising, who also has a very flushed out roster, um, you know, as far as we are in the articles, they have two, four, uh, five players. Of course, again, we might get back to Boston here in a bit. But comparing the two rosters, I do still think that on paper, Boston's roster is uh, obviously more, um, much more of a veteran presence, much more of a winning presence, much more of a history within the league. Obviously, you've got Smurf, um, you know, again, Striker, Birdring, Decay, Legion, Izaki. All of these players have such have had such success, with the exception of really Decay, and I mean, you could argue Birdring outside of the inaugural season, but still very highly skilled players. But if we look at the Atlanta roster, Hawk, obviously Atlanta has actually been one of the most consistent rosters in many years, um, doing consistently well, but never being able to break into that really upper echelon. But then you've got Lip, who comes from the Shanghai Dragons, uh, champions of not the 2022 season, but the season prior to that. You've got Stalker, who was, um, you know, largely talked about as one of the most, uh, most exciting pieces that Seoul had last year. Then, of course, you bring in the championship um, uh, uh, support lineup of Chio and Fielder. And of course you bring in Vigilante, who I obviously already talked about Atlanta, but then Chio and Fielder uh, bring it all together with uh, that backline, that championship backline. So these are two rosters that really you could see competing for the top two spots, the top two, three, four spots in the league this upcoming season. So very impressive roster uh, from the Atlanta reign thus far. Again, I still think we're going to see more from Atlanta. I think we're going to see it may just be one more signing, but I could see them do two more. Um, yeah, I could see them adding another tank to to um, kind of bring the roster into a full Eastern, full Korean. I'm, I'm not sure if all those players are Korean. Some of them might be Chinese, but bring it into a full Eastern roster. Although uh, the other side I could see them flesh out a little bit more is, of course, the DPS lineup, right? Um, 
you know, we may see another flex DPS. We may see another hit scan DPS. Hard to say there, but they've only got one on each roll right now. And that obviously is a uh, lot of characters to cover for just two people. So let's move on. Oh, I do have it here. Okay, well, I spoiled it, but we're going to head on over to an article again with DottieSports.com, again with Liz Richardson, this time on January 2nd, which reads, Champions and New Talent Unite on Dallas Fuel's 2023 Overwatch League roster. So there you go. I I already spoiled it, but I'm going to read this article anyways, because it's important to celebrate these people, damn it. The team may not be running it back with the 2022 championship roster, but a few new additions should add some spice. Last year's Overwatch League championship team will be looking a little different when the season sixth season kicks off in 2023, but fans will likely be pleased to see a few familiar faces reprising their iconic roles. On January 1st, the Dallas Fuel officially introduced its 2023 roster over a series of posts on social media. Three players and an award-winning coach will be leading the charge alongside a few new talents, all with a shared connection to an iconic Overwatch contenders team. Damage dealers Sparkle and Edison will be returning to Dallas next year, hoping for a repeat of their stellar performances across the season and postseason. Edison especially shined at the end of the 2022 season, going head-to-head on Sojourn against some of the league's best. Sparkle offers a flexible roster of heroes that the Fuel clearly wanted to hang on to. Tank Hanbin will also be heading back to the Dallas Fuel in 2023. Last year, he shared stage time with main tank Fearless, depending on what heroes were demanded of the duo. This year, he may get center stage all to himself. Dallas managed to keep an integral part of the franchise's success in head coach Rush, who will be coming back for his third year leading the Texas Darlings. As former coach for contenders Korea talent, uh, sorry, team Element Mystic, Rush has repeatedly gathered talented players who spent time on the team. It's not too much of a surprise to see MCD added to the 2023 Fuel roster, considering the former Boston Uprising Flex support spent a considerable amount of time on Element Mystic back in the day. He'll be joined in the backline by Rookie Bliss, a dynamo that most recently played for O2 Blast and Gen G. These reveals weren't a huge surprise to fans who turned into uh, the show match Fuel players had against the San Francisco Shock last week, which teased the addition of Bliss and MCD to the 2023 Dallas roster. After winning the 2022 Overwatch League Championship, many fans hoped that the iconic Dallas Fuel roster would stick together. Shortly after the historic win, management announced that every champion on the Fuel was an unrestricted free agent able to hear and accept offers from any team in the league. As a result, Main Tank Fearless headed off to lead the Houston Outlaws, while Supports, Fielder, and Chio were snapped up by the Atlanta Reign. Damage dealers Doha and Gurio, who both saw minimal stage time in 2022, were released from the fuel earlier this offseason and are still free agents. So there you go. There's the recap of what happened with Dallas, of everything we know about Dallas. Um, Some exciting parts there, obviously. Uh, Very exciting to see Edison and Sparkle return. Sparkle, a bit of a fan favorite. Edison really stepped up uh, during the finals there, as Liz points out. Um, And then, of course, the tank line with Hanbin. Um, Hanbin really being a key component to Dallas's success over the past season. Of course, we did see Fearless come into play, um, especially in the championship, as we ran into more of a Winston-based meta. Um, Winston, one of the characters that Hanbin traditionally does not play. But Hanbin really did carry the team uh, uh, throughout a lot of the rest of the season when uh, we weren't playing Winston. So... um, very exciting stuff to see there. All, very exciting to see those players returning, of course. Then, of course, we have Rush coming back, a key component in their championship win, and, of course, you know, a, a mainstay for the Dallas organization at this point. I was not shocked at all to see them scoop Rush back up. Um, 
more shocking was the the rest of the pickups that that are returning but also the new pickups with mcd being a bit of a bit of a surprise one to some players and a bit of a uh, shocking one i know he had a bit of a checkered past there but hopefully things have changed on that side of things and then of course bringing in a rookie in bliss uh very exciting to see there i always like seeing rookie talent coming up into the league and of course that gives us a an almost complete uh dallas roster as well so where both Boston and Atlanta have full rosters at this point, they have the league minimum of six, Dallas is still down one. So they do have five five uh, players, but they do need a league minimum of six. I can't remember when the league minimum deadline is, though. But their roster currently looks like this. Hanbin on tank, Edison on hitscan, Sparkle on flex, uh, Bliss on main support, and MCD on flex support. So few question marks here. I do think Hanbin is a tank that you can rely on, again, Winston is a bit of a question mark. There are some uh, uh, characters there that may be a bit of a question mark for Hanbin, but I have faith that he can learn them and step his game up. Um, there's probably room to add another on the DPS lineup. Obviously, if Edison can keep up the amazing, the stellar performance that we saw out of him at the end of last season, then maybe he doesn't so much need need an addition. But Sparkle, we didn't see Sparkle a ton last season, right? We did frequently see, I believe it was Doha in the lineup. Um, I'm just taking a quick peek here. Yeah, because the the other one they had was Gurio, and although we did see some Gurio, I'd say we probably saw more Doha. So a little bit interesting there. Wouldn't be surprised to see another DPS pickup, and ultimately wouldn't be surprised at all to see another support pickup. Of course, with Bliss uh, being a rookie, you know it's always a bit of a gamble bringing in a rookie and and having them be your dedicated your sole main support player. Um, but ultimately, I could see them bringing in another flex support. Of course, we have, uh, especially last season, we saw a lot of uh, double flex support metas. So unless Bliss can flex to the flex support role, um, you know, it would not shock me at all to see them pick up another flex support. So I'm thinking they probably get two more players, uh, maybe go up to seven. So one more than the league minimum, uh, which in fact, two, four, six is uh, seemingly what the uh, Boston Uprising maybe on track to do in fact it looks like they actually have eight but maybe it's time we talk about the boston uprising again so let's head on over this time to an article again another one by uh brian rockwood over on thegamehouse.com so interesting nice to meet you brian i don't know if we've had articles from you before but we're getting a few this time around this article posted on january 2nd and it reads boston uprising complete 2023 roster with Kalios and twilight the Boston Uprising are having an off-season to remember. When the free agency window opened, the Boston Uprising came out swinging by announcing six new players for their roster. The revealed team... Oh, I just had a very uh, very distracting pop-up on my on my workstation there. Uh, the Discord message popping up. Let me, let me continue. The revealed team was packed with talent and big names that took the entire league by surprise. Now in the new year, the news doesn't stop rolling in. On Monday, January 2nd, the Boston Uprising announced the signing of Tank, Kalios, and Support... Twilight. Kalios joins the uprising after spending the 2021 season with the Washington Justice. Kalios split time with teammate and former Boston Tank Mag up until Mag's departure midway through the season. The Justice struggled in the back half of the season, finishing with a regular season record of 11 and 3, uh, 13. Sorry, Kalios now heads to where his Overwatch League career started. Boston's newest tank is also one of Boston's first off-tanks in franchise history. He now rejoins former teammate Stryker in hopes to recapture the inaugural season magic. 
Twilight joins the Boston Uprising after spending the previous year with the Toronto Defiant. Twilight joined the league in 2019 with the rest of the runaway crew on the Vancouver Titans. Shortly after the collapse of the Vancouver roster, Twilight found a new home in San Francisco where he would help the team capture the 2020 Grand Finals Championship. He already has plenty of synergy with the Uprising roster as he's played with both Striker and Smurf. At the moment, it appears as though Boston is done with roster announcements, making their 2023 roster an eight-man squad of Twilight, Kalios, Smurf, Striker, Birdring, Lee J. Gone, and Izayaki. So that is the stacked Boston Uprising roster. Now, I do think that, you know, those additions, especially the addition of Twilight, we all know I'm a, I'm a Twilight stand over here, um, probably bumps them, like I, I was talking before, you know, six, five, four, maybe three. Um, I think this does bump them into top three. Um, I'm a big fan of Twilight. If they, given the chance, I think Twilight could bench Izayaki, especially given an Onimeta. I think it's a no-brainer that Twilight will be in. Um, Kalios, I actually didn't realize, had been in the league that long at all. Um, but interesting to see the connection with Washington there. So obviously he's played with Decay. And then, of course, Twilight's obviously also played with Smurf and Stryker back on San Francisco, although he wasn't a core component of that roster, right? He was, um, he, he did play, but not in any way uh, as frequently as Man, who was there? Oh, I know who their support lineup was at the time. It was Moth and uh, Violet. So generally speaking, that was the main support lineup. Twilight would come in on certain metas or or to play certain characters. But ultimately, he was mostly uh, benched in favor of Violet and Moth. So anyways, I'm hopeful that Twilight actually gets to shine on this roster. I'm hopeful that uh, he does get some significant playtime, given the fact that when they did win the championship in 2020, um, again, he was mostly on the sidelines. So I'd like to see, especially if they do have a very successful season, I'd like to see Twilight be a big part of that because I'm always going to cheer for my boy. So that's the Boston Uprising roster. And again, an impressive roster and a very impressive lineup and uh, and some really shocking stuff there. So let's head on over now we're going to go back to dottiesports.com we're going to go back to liz richardson and this time on january 4th the florida mayhem rounds out 2023 overwatch league roster with veteran support and rookie dps west region teams have finally started to assemble full rosters for the upcoming overwatch league season competing with each other to pick up the best free agents left in the ample pool of candidates after teasing fans for a few weeks by revealing only two blurred names in the background of other announcements the florida mayhem decided to lift the curtain today and reveal its newest additions finnish dps sauna and former toronto defiant main support Chorong will be joining the Mayhem for the 2023 season, the team announced today. While Chorong is likely a familiar name for Overwatch League fans thanks to his efforts on the Defiance backline last year, Sauna may not be as instantly recognizable. The young DPS has been a part of the European Overwatch contender scene for over two years, playing on teams like Shoes Money Crew EU and Young and Beautiful. Head coach Gunba and assistant coach McGravy will also be returning next year. Thus far, they'll be the team's only two coaches. Chorong and Sana round out the roster for the Mayhem, which was one of the few organizations that kept several of its 2022 players on the payroll. Tank, Someone, DPS, Checkmate, and Support RuPaul will get to run it back with Florida next year. Earlier in the offseason, the Mayhem also acquired Hitscan Merit from the Houston Outlaws in a cash trade deal. In 2022, Florida's roster was a mix of veteran and rookie talent from multiple countries that rose above the expectations for a budget team. They scored a 12-12 regular season record and won several games in the postseason bracket before being eliminated by the Hangzhou Spark. So, really exciting stuff there for the likes of 
Florida Mayhem fans. Of course, like myself, I am a Florida Mayhem fan, as I have mentioned a couple of times there. And I'm very excited to see this. Um, obviously, being a Toronto fan, I'm excited to see uh, that Chorong will be going to Florida because I, I did like Chorong, um, although I don't think he was necessarily the the um, the 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 ultra impressive rookie uh, that we we may have thought he was coming into the league. I do think he impressed, and if I'm not mistaken, I did actually vote for him on the Roll Stars, which a, a few other uh, a few other media members did as well. So you know, I, I don't feel bad in my pick by any means. Uh, always validating to see other people were on the same page as you with in that sense. Um, but ultimately, I do think that Florida's roster is shaping up to be, uh, in some ways, a bit of a dark horse, but kind of an interesting roster. So right now, if we look at the tank line, we've got someone. If we look at the hit scan DPS lineup, we've got Merit. Flex DPS is Checkmate and Sauna. Main support is Chorong, and flex support is RuPaul. So here we've got 246. We've got six players. We've got the league minimum. So this could be the roster that they run with. Um, there's, there's actually pretty high likelihood that this is it uh someone i think really impressed on the tank role so a no-brainer for them to keep him merit coming over from the houston outlaws i think definitely an impressive piece um and then checkmate as well really stepping up throughout uh throughout the the season there and then of course uh rupaul being a really consistent flex support um i did really enjoy the backline in florida last year with uh rupaul and sir majed although majed was definitely a little bit more reckless a little bit more uh, uh, less disciplined i would say um rupaul was was i think on par with him just a little bit more controlled so i think that's probably why he earned his spot there and then chorong obviously being a an impressive player and you know nevertheless or nonetheless regardless whatever i'm trying to say of the toronto lineup last year so i'm really excited to see this florida lineup um, and i do think we could see some really good things coming out of them now guess what that actually brings us to the end of our news segment of the show that's all the news I have to talk about, but of course, we can't forget about the Overwatch League 2023 off-season trade tracker. So without further ado, let's move on over to that side of things. I'm going to have to science the heck out of this. All right, so if you're new around here, this is the part of the show where I pull up the daddysports.com Overwatch League 2023 off-season trade tracker, and I basically just go over all of the moves in the league that are posted on the trade tracker here. So the one thing this doesn't, this article doesn't really highlight um, is things like retirements or uh, players that, you know, have been in, in some ways dropped but not yet signed. So anyways, I'll go through it um, and I'll pick up where we left off last time. You'll see a lot of overlap in the stories that obviously I already talked about, so I won't go too in-depth on them, but there may be a few that I jump on here and there, uh, maybe a few things that I talk about a little bit more. And of course, there also may be some announcements about coaches and, and organizational staff here that I may have missed earlier. So let's dive on in. Last time, uh, I believe we ended with... Somewhere around December 8th uh, or 10th. So I'll start on December 8th just to be safe. December 8th, Washington Justice adds Get Amazed as head coach and general manager. December 10th, Florida Mayhem acquires Merit from the Houston Outlaws in a trade deal. December 23rd, a big day that we already talked largely about. Boston Uprising acquires Striker, Decay, Birdring, Smurf, Lee Jagon, and Iziaki. Dong Su joins as head coach and Supreme as assistant GM. Okay, so that was announced on December 23rd. We didn't talk about that, um, but big signings there. Vancouver Titans adds Punk, Faith, and Crimzo. Houston Outlaws adds Fearless and Shu. Los Angeles Gladiators adds Lastro. I don't think I had mentioned that, actually. Atlanta Reign adds Chio and Fielder. Obviously, we talked about that. December 24th, that's right, the day before 
Christmas, Christmas Eve day. Houston Outlaws adds Happy and head coach Neko. Junkbuck moves to director of competition. So a little bit interesting there. Um, Neko as head coach, I don't think was uh, super unexpected for a lot of people. I don't remember where Neko was prior. Um, and in the Junkbuck move to director of competition, a lot of people are basically speculating that, you know, that's basically just a, a an organizational thing. He's basically still going to be GM or something like that, but maybe has a little more power or something like that, but who knows. Then, of course, Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, San Francisco Shock adds Hisang, Max, and Vindime and confirms Finn and Proper will return in 2023. So this one, actually, I did not talk about this. I Apparently, I glazed over this article here. Um, this does have a link to an article uh, by Liz Richardson, which, of course, reads, San Francisco Shock reveals 2023 Overwatch League roster at LAN show match. So this is referring to uh, the, as I mentioned already, the show match that the Dallas Fuel and the San Francisco Shock had against one another, where they basically had a show match with uh, what would become their rosters. Um, so I'll jump into the article here partway through, and let's see. Next year, the Shock will be leaning on more rookies out of the O2 Blast, uh, sorry, out of O2 Blast from Overwatch contenders South Korea, as well as a veteran known for his support dominance. Tank, Max, and DPS Hisang, straight off a dominant win in the Contenders Pacific Showdown, will be joining the 2023 Shock roster. They're two of the most hyped rookies, rookie pickups in the league as a whole, and many expected San Francisco to pick them up. Earlier this year, San Francisco acquired O2 Blast as its academy team, giving them first pick of con the Contenders Warlords. They'll be joined by support Vindime, who spent last year as a part of the Soul Dynasty. Before that, he was a part of the O2 Blast, or sorry, a part of O2 Blast on a loan in 2021, and won a few championships alongside other phenoms. Shock regular Finn will also be reprising his support role next year. To absolutely no one's surprise, San Francisco retained 2022 Rookie of the Year and MVP proper. Fans immediately noticed the absence of veteran shock support Violet on the official announcement tweet. Neither the team nor Violet himself has commented on the absence, but this may be a sign that he's heading in another direction in 2023. That said, five players are only enough for a roster construction requirement until the end of March. Shock will have to add more, one more player uh, before the season begins at a yet unknown date. So there you go. That's covering the San Francisco Shock announcements. And that, of course, as the article points out there, does bring San Francisco to the uh, currently required five-player uh, requirement. So, of course, we do need one more to reach the uh, league minimum. So who knows where that will fall. Of course, we've got Max on the tank. We've got Proper and Hisang, both flex DPS. We've got Vindime on the main support and Finn on the flex support. So we are missing potentially a hitscan dps but alternatively you know maybe another main support maybe another flex support something along those lines so anyways interesting stuff there from the san francisco shock although i think one of the more expected uh signings and announcements that we were waiting on Back to the Overwatch League 2023 offseason trade tracker. We continue with December 27th. Vancouver Titans adds Sugar Free. And Jake retires from coaching the Houston Outlaws. December 28th, Vegas, formerly Paris. Eternal adds Vulcan. December 30th, Shanghai Dragons welcomes back head coach Moon. Philadelphia Fusion officially rebrands to the Soul Infernal. A um, little bit of an interesting uh, point to highlight there with Shanghai signing uh, or welcoming back head coach Moon is that uh, currently the Chinese region won't be able to play Overwatch, of course, and that comes down to the NetEase Blizzard deal that we've talked about a couple of times already. So interesting that the org is bringing back the head coach, uh, their, their previously winning head coach, 
um, because that does kind of indicate, okay, the organization isn't just going away. They obviously have plans in some way, shape, or form. Who knows what they know um, and, and what may transpire on that side of things, though. Maybe a relocation, um, maybe, you know, a new publishing partner in China. Who knows, right? So, anywho, there you have it. Continuing on, we move into the new year. January 1st, Dallas Fuel adds MCD and Bliss, confirms return of Sparkle, Edison, and Hanbin, as well as head coach Rush. January 2nd, Boston Uprising adds Kalios and Twilight. January 3rd, Hangzhou Spark parts ways with Pineapple and Super Rich. So, of course, a couple releasings there um, on the side of the Hangzhou Spark. January 4th, Florida Mayhem adds Sauna and Chorong. Los Angeles Gladiators parts ways with Reiner. That's a bit of a big one. Um, of course, also leading credence, lending credence, whatever the, whatever the phrase is, to the rumor that the American Tornado Corps will be going to the Toronto Defiant. Of course, Toronto has yet to announce anything, but there is a heavy rumor that that's uh, in the works. And of course, Reiner was a key part of that. So who knows if we'll see that come to fruition. Finally, January 5th, our latest update here on the Overwatch League 2023 offseason trade tracker. The Los Angeles Gladiators parts ways with Skewed. So another little bit of an interesting one there. Um, you know, Los Angeles sort of seemingly going through a bit of a rework, rebranding kind of thing. We know they currently have Kevster still in the Flex DPS. I believe he's the only one officially announced as re-signed. But um, they do currently have Funny Astro still listed as main support and Lastro as flex support. Of course, they announced Lastro earlier in the, in the trade tracker that I was reading there. So interesting stuff nonetheless exciting times to be a follower of the overwatch league tons going on and tons of movement and this has actually taken us to just over an hour long show so what do you say we bring things to a close and wrap it up now i love your glasses so cute thank you may i love your glasses as well they are also so cute but this brings episode 98 of one man watchpoint and overwatch podcast to an end thank you so much for listening one Man Watchpoint is, of course, an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Once again, I thank you very much for listening. If it is your first time or it is your 98th time, if it's your 98th time, man, I'll be impressed because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who listens every week. But if it is, I applaud you, and I would love for you to reach out to me over on Twitter, where you can follow me and reach out to me at SirDRJM. That's at SirDrJM. That's also my handle on all socials. You can follow me wherever. Um, but reach out to me on Twitter. Shoot me a DM or tweet at me questions, comments, concerns, topics, whatever you want me to talk about on the show as it relates to Overwatch, the Overwatch League, video games, Blizzard games, whatever you've got. I'd love to talk about it. I'm currently spending most of my time actually playing God of War Ragnarok on my PlayStation 5. I have not yet uh, uh, finished up with that as I've been doing pretty well everything I can and I picked it up late as well. Because of that, I haven't been playing a ton of Overwatch, but I would love to get back into it. Um, and try out some of the new uh, limited time event, which I completely forgot about and didn't talk about on the show at all. This this definitely was a Overwatch League heavy episode. In any case, uh, check it out. Continue with the um, uh, what am I trying to say here? Continue with the limited time event and uh, get your wins in there and whatever. I, I I gotta look into it. I haven't played it too much, so. Anyways, you can find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends and all that jazz. And if you do leave us a review, of course, five stars only, but I will read it out on the show here on the air and give you your two seconds of fame and as if you could call this fame, but I digress. Of course, if you enjoyed listening to me blather on about 
Overwatch and the Overwatch League. You can also catch me over on the Ready Set Poem podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant, as well as Canadian Overwatch League action. Available on podcast services everywhere. And with that, that's going to be it for me. Thank you all for listening. I can take care of myself.